Moving on slightly on chapter seven. Now I'm gonna give a disclaimer for these last couple chapters. Yeah. Whilst I was reading them, I got so into them that I didn't actually really take any notes. Like I couldn't actually stop myself from reading, so I just kept on reading. And yeah, I don't really have much questions to ask, but I will ask the questions that I have written down. So chapter seven is failure is the way forward. Is that the yeah progress? failure is the way forward? Yeah. So the first excerpt that I came across that I thought was um, beneficial well resonated with me instead my value was something else it was freedom autonomy the idea of being an entrepreneur had always appealed to me because i hated being told what to do and preferred to do things my way and that's on page 149 and i don't know if that um, appeals to you as well Pete, because i know you've been in similar positions um and i also enjoyed the the story of picasso that was a good one um with the napkin. story of the napkin <laughs> And he mentions, improvement at anything is based on a thousand of tiny failures and the magnitude of your success is based on how many times you failed at something. Um, in regards to the Picasso story, do you, any, any of you want to embellish on it or, or go into it a bit more? Oh my God, um, you sure? Your time to shine, bro. No, no, you sure? You're you're, you ain't got nothing to say? No, your time to shine, bro. No? Your time to shine, <laughs> all of you, bro. Just don't miss out like 80% of the story. Right? There's not about 80%. Shine, you sure nothing to say? Nothing to say, bro. Okay, I'm cool. not just filling any of your gaps or, you know, large gaps. Okay, cool. Large gaps. No, no, no. no, 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 no. I, I mean, I generally like to just conclude on the story. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not. No depth or, you know. Okay, cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going no to. No beginning, no middle, just pure end. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's, a, maybe it's some entitlement. <laughs> entitlement. <laughs> Um, can I have what? You want to get that Tourette's check? Um, can I have some of what, you, what you're saying, please? <laughs> anyway. Sorry, sorry. So. From what I remember, okay, yeah, all right. Now, obviously, Picasso, I think, was in a in a cafe. I'm gonna yeah, say, yeah. and um, I'm not too sure. But anyway, he was in a cafe. Do we say he was eating? Maybe <laughs> having a coffee. Okay, so anyway, he was in a cafe. He was in a cafe, and um, I think he was doodling. We're gonna say he was doodling on a napkin, mm -hmm. and then someone else who was um, in the cafe as well um, saw he was doodling, yeah. liked what he was drawing, and then I think he was gonna screw it up and throw it away. Gone. No, that's fine. It's not a problem. Well, let me finish. <laughs> well let no, me finish on. and then you, you yeah, go interject it's going to be very short anyway so he um, screwed up the napkin and was going to throw it away to which she asked if she can have it yeah. and then he said for I think it was £20,000 yeah. I think it more yeah. well, anyway so for £20,000 to which what I liked about the story was um, he included um, the value of his work there I see whereas it only took him two three minutes to put that doodle, doodle in together yeah, yeah. but it actually taken him his whole lifetime in that years. based on his experience and life experiences stuff like that so did I miss anything out guys no you're good bro thank Mason no nothing all right, similar answer. You put the sorry, no. So go no, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you bring them? Get them. Yeah. Get them. As Anthony Yardy says, the boxer lions in the camp. <laughs> anyway, you didn't miss anything important, so French continued. <laughs> Thank right, you. Cool. Why you always got to add in your little two Because I will, I will put my little thing in. But anyway, go on for it. Similar answer or reading to a previous. <laughs> Similar answer or reading to a previous question. Why do you think we get taught to avoid rather to avoid pain? No. I actually wrote this note and said um, this sim that was a similar answer or reading whilst reading uh, a previous question and 
we discussed it in the last episode where we asked why do we think we get taught to avoid pain rather take it on head first when it can be so beneficial and the point that I was making is Mark mentions that avoiding failure is something we learn at some later point in life from education from the education system from like basically taking exams and things of that nature yeah overbearing the critical parents and mass media showing one side of the um on the road to, on the road to success we mm-hmm. already see the highlight one part of the point really should be told <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah one side of the road same thing <laughs> sorry <go on. laughs> um, that's on page 150 uh, yeah again as I said prior this this was a great chapter and I really enjoyed it it was a lot there was a lot of re- um, a lot of things that resonated with me personally mm-hmm. but um, I haven't actually written any more notes so if you want to Add anything else yourself, Pete. Feel free to. Otherwise, we can move on to. Yeah, no. I'll just. I'll, I'll mention a few points, and obviously, I know there's a few things I highlighted and stuff like that. There are yeah. things that I personally took from the chat, and please um, chime in anywhere. Was um, failure? Obviously, that's the name of it. failure. Failure is the way forward, which is I think the name of the chapter. You mustn't be afraid to fail. Um, success involves many days and nights or failed attempts. Also, we spoke about the Picasso thing, where um, I forget how old he was at that point, but I'm gonna say he was relatively old. Yeah, it was in his last um, stages of his life. Yeah, but also all all his experiences, whether it's failures, successes, and stuff like yeah. that, led to that point yeah. where the value of the napkin held that value of twenty thousand yeah. pounds or twenty thousand, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, oh, I was gonna say um, I wasn't too sure about this, but um, a lot of um, fear comes from having shitty values. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't too sure what to take from that, and obviously then I was asking, I think, I asked myself the question, and I have probably wrote this down wrong. Is at that point, do you probably start questioning those values? At what point? Um, he said a lot of fear comes from having shitty values. Let's, let's, okay, let's be a bit honest, all right? No. It's, it's an honest conversation. So let's have some time. Um, I'm probably going away. I'm going away to Barcelona. I'm sure people have got probably very similar things going on where they have a little bit fear as to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, it says the question, well, not the question, but the statement was a lot of fear comes from having shitty values. I don't necessarily believe my values are, sh- are rubbish in any way, shape, or form. Mm. Okay. Um, but at that point, if you know you haven't got... Is that si- not in the book? Sorry, Pete, I know you're halfway through your question that he says a lot of fear is from having shitty values. Yeah, he does say that, yeah. Okay, I can't fair. find anywhere. Fair dues, I'm yeah. not doubt. Shitty values. Yeah. So my thing was really is, like, at what point do you start really questioning the values? Questioning the shitty values? Or your values in general? Because I know you, I think... That's what didn't the French, didn't you raise this earlier? Yeah. Oh, you mentioned the values. But shitty values I'm talking about. No, just values <laughs> in, in itself. <laughs> Cool, no worries. I mean, obviously, as I said before, we I'm just... go over shitty ones. <laughs> no, because he mentions that. No, because he mentions that. Okay, I can move on. I can move on. It's not a problem. Constipated values. I can move on. Okay, got me back. No problem. All right, cool. Um, yeah, um, on, on adversity. Lions in the camp. <laughs> on adversity. Got him. <laughs> oh, God. On adversity. Uh, you know, anyway, on adversity. Um, I think it speaks about following We're the... We're still in chapter seven here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we speak, yeah, no, 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 are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it speaks about obviously following the war. Yeah. Um, sorry, I need to remember this now. So following the war, um, people had different different perspective, and the reason why they had different perspective the is war. because yeah, the war. Oh, the po- he goes on about the Poland. Poland, yeah, yeah. yeah. So again, yeah. also chime in. Yeah, what's chapter okay. seven? Yeah, yeah, go on. yeah. So following the war, obviously people yeah, had like different this. perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, in that obviously they've been through so much, and that they now obviously got appreciation for this, mm-hmm. that, and the third. Yeah. Um, he also meant, went on to go on, he went on, also went on to mention, obviously, I think in that chapter as well, obviously some people, unfortunately, obviously went into depression and stuff like that. But I think some of the stuff that we've been talking about, obviously in this chapter is obviously failure is the way forward. So in that obviously going through so much, yeah. 
all right, in that it then provides you obviously with a foundation and a platform to then obviously push you on as such. Unfortunately, some people, I don't say you're not strong enough, obviously, in being through a war and then going through depression because obviously things happen and stuff like that. But at the same time, um, yeah. success involves, as I mentioned before, many days and nights of failed attempts. Cool. Can I just intersect? There's two of things course. I wanted to raise from the chapter. So I'm going to go back because I forgot about that, the Polish thing. So I think just to give it some more backdrop, um, I don't know if research was conducted or, or he spoke or Mark Manson himself spoke to someone who was alive in that era where the war was going on and also you had Auschwitz, you had um, the persecution of Jews obviously and obviously the Polish people as well um, suffering a, a traumatic experience. I think he spoke to someone after that and kind of wanted to gauge their views on the war and how the if the how the people felt years after it might have been some years after you have to if you read the book yourself you, you obviously get a better better picture but he was surprised to learn that the people whilst obviously not happy with what happened in the war they they deem it as it helped them because it's almost like all three of us here obviously um, we've we've lived at our address for a certain amount of time but do we know everyone on our road probably not i know mine a couple of neighbors. i don't right what he was saying is that the fact that war went on, it brought about a community for spirit yeah, amongst yeah. the people, yeah, and they much more, and they had a lot more a respect, and b they had a lot more um, value of life and, and, mm. the, and the meaning of life and the importance of it, and being happy and just being happy for the day, for the new day and stuff like that. Yeah. And he found that the Polish people were almost they were glad that this traumatic experience taking place because it had shown them what life meant. And they tend to keep their very fam their values very family orientated and keep in contact with friends and family, make sure it was all right. Almost like a, a lions in the camp feel where mm. everyone's together. So that was just some backdrop to what P mentioned. The other thing, there's a principle in here he mentions the just do it principle, I think it is in that mm -hmm. chapter. And what that refers to is if you're sitting down procrastinating <laughs> on an idea, um, and you, you might be eight percent of the way there. The story you, one of you brought up earlier about um, the, um, who was it, the artist? Yeah, Picasso. No, no, the other one, about artwork. Oh, his, his friend. His the, friend. Yeah, Mark yeah. Friend, yeah. yeah the, just do it principle. In that, if you're going to literally, literally, just get on your computer, whatever it is you're doing, just do it, just start. Because what Mark Manson found with him is he started a blog, I think, or something about dating girls or something like that. But what he finds is that you start and then it motiv you get this inspiration and it motivates you to do more and then action occurs it's and it's always wins. like a you, you, it's you can't do you compound the small wins that's what that is is that, what it's, is that another way of referring that's to another it? way of referring to it right yeah, and definitely. it's like a cycle it turns into yeah. does that make sense yeah, and you, yeah, get a you gather a momentum yeah. and then obviously you've got this is not in the book but you've got that thing where if you repeatedly do something a certain amount of time it becomes habit yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you've got all that. So that was two of the things I took from that chapter. And you're right, it's a powerful chapter. He really, he really came into his own. Yeah, so yeah. On just what you're talking about, it's obviously yeah. you just mentioned it. Um, life is about not knowing and then doing something anyway. So for those individuals who believe they need a certain amount of knowledge in order to go and then do it, I mean, you don't. It's a case about just getting up and then getting with yeah. it. Obviously, in you've got to take that with... Not a pinch of salt. Yeah, not with a pinch of salt, but just, you know, in perspective. I mean, I don't know what death feels. doesn't mean I'm going to jump off a cliff. Yeah, so I, I mean, mean, I think the, the quote that you just mentioned yeah. made me think of the certainty of not having certainty, but still doing it. Like, um, if you relate it back to like the things like The Secret and, again, I think there's a, there's a few comparisons with this book and The Secret. I know I keep saying it. But if I was to... If, how I visualize my my business and what I intend to do and create and things of that nature, 
I can visual it. I can envision it in my mind and see it there. But there's no certainty that it's gonna happen. Yeah. But I still need to take the chance to to, to make that step. I still have to go forward, even mm-hmm. though in my head it's certain. It, I'm certain that's gonna happen. I know that's gonna happen. All bets are off. It's done. It's a done deal. I can't just sit on my ass and think, oh, this is certain, so I don't have to do nothing. I still need to take the step to make sure that that certainty becomes a reality. Do you know what I mean? So it's very quick. I want to add a bit of context to um, shitty values, <laughs> just very quickly. So a lot of this fear of failure comes from having chosen shitty values. For instance, if I measure myself um, by the standard everyone I meet I like, sorry, like me, I will ha- I will be anxious because um, failure is 100% hundred percent defined by the actions of others, not by my own actions. I am not in control. Thus my self worth is at the mercy of judgment by others. Whereas if I instead in so instead adopt the metric improve my social life, I can live up to my my value of good relations with others, regardless of other people regardless of how other people respond to me. My self worth is based on my own behaviour and happiness. She values, as we saw in chapter four, as you mentioned, as you um we've gone over before, mm-hmm. involve tangible external goals outside of our control. The pursuit of these goals causes great anxiety, and even if we manage to achieve them, they leave us feeling empty and lifeless. Because once they're achieved, there is no more problems to solve. Better values, in summary, as we saw, are process are process oriented. Something like express myself honestly to others, a metric for the value of honesty, is never completely finished. Is a problem that must continuously be re reengaged. Every new conversation, every new relationship brings new challenges and opportunities for honest expression. The value is ongoing. Life process that defines completion. Is that? That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's me done. <laughs> right, Romeo. <yeah. laughs> Sheet values done, and I believe chapter seven. Uh, cool. Let's move on to chapter eight. The importance of saying no, 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 no. <laughs> I love that chat. Um, first part freedom grants the opportunity for greater meaning but by itself there is nothing necessarily meaningful about it that's on page 166 do you consider freedom as isolation pardon do you consider freedom so repeat the back part back part I understood the question freedom (laughs) freedom grants the opportunity for greater meaning but by itself there is nothing necessarily meaningful about it do you consider freedom as isolation? That's a powerful question. I want to stop you because I don't. I wouldn't make you repeat because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's because I know you. I know you're thinking outside, It's outside the box and kind of things. <laughs> it's one of them ones, P. If we probably understand it, but if you break it down, it's like you know. It's no. It's similar to like lonely at the top. That yeah. kind of thing. It's like different thinking. So obviously, like an example of the news and Western media, yeah. where you've got um. If I stereotype and say everyone loves a Friday night drink after work, yeah. and then if you don't, you're an outsider. You're made to feel like you're not part of the mm-hmm. tradition or you know the mass or what's right in the vertical. Yeah. What's what you know? Everyone does that, don't they? You know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I understand where that question is coming from, and I, to an extent, I agree with you, friend. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. If you if you if you if you've let the shackles off, and you're like similar to yourself, you almost like fuck it this is me I'm doing this yeah maybe I don't know what it's going to take me in three or four months but I'm not doing I'm not doing what everyone else does yeah 
I don't know if you feel slighted. Let's just take it to a, let's just give it to your to family. Not give it to your family, but you know what I'm saying. Your immediate family. Mm-hmm. Your, I don't know if what you've said to your old, your, your your parents, your mom. I've said nothing. Sounds <laughs> like I'm sure when you say that they're gonna think you're crazy. Yeah, they will think I'm like, crazy. You need to be in an in, one of them institutes. I don't think my dad will, but my mum, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I understand what you're saying. And to an extent it does because you're not part of the mass French. Mm-hmm. Coming back to your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's freedom. Yeah, it does. It's almost that same saying, lowly at the top. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, yeah. No. So what do you, what do you, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I do. I do I do consider it as isolation to an extent. Um, yeah, I think to follow on from your point, you, you kind of got the nail on the head in terms of where I was coming from in that in that regards. Um, it goes on to mention it, it. It almost flips it on his head as well. Um, I think slightly after. And actually, no, it doesn't because I've written it down. Mm. But yeah, I do. I do consider freedom as an isolation. And I think it depends extent. on the extent. If, if someone's just escaped from jail and they're free, that's a different type of freedom. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's not isolation. Of course. of course, but yeah, and as you said, from the masses, when you um, when you do something that when everyone's going right and you decide to go left mm. and it's a form of freedom but you're also isolated because, yeah isolating yourself yeah it yeah. could be a, it could be anything it could be a viewpoint yeah yeah no, absolutely it could be anything absolutely it could be, literally it could be I could be sitting there with my Trump t-shirt mm. and all of a sudden whoa he's like after him like no yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. What, what do you think, P? I totally agree with those standpoints and his views. I mean, I was looking at it ever so slightly different in that, again, obviously, I know we all got different paths. We all want to achieve different mm-hmm. things as such. Mm-hmm. I think within the compounds of the stuff that we're going to achieve or we want to achieve, I think they share very similar characteristics. And in so, I think you can share certain values with people and then potentially go on that journey together. There may be a point where you branch off a bit slightly and mm-hmm. might you might find isolation or you might be a little bit alone in doing that as such but by and large I think you may share like for example we're, we're, we're here together so although we're obviously we're reading the book and stuff like that we're going to find probably different meanings we're probably going to want to take different things from the book yeah absolutely <coughs> so, so in fact no so like just being a bit honest like yeah. truth be told I mean there's certain things that I want to go on and I want to do and stuff like that and just like talking on like we spoke about the artists not too long ago in terms of having things together but just like Forgetting the forget looking for perfection, mm. just release it as such. I think there's a thing within my own compound this moment in time where I'm not scared. I don't think I'm scared of anything at this moment in time in terms of going out and wanting to achieve something. But I think more often than not, I'm looking for a perfection which is preventing me from taking that next step. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Man. Definitely. Uh, moving on just slightly. In this case, Russia had me re-examining the bullshitty fake and just just to give you some context he's gone over to Russia and obviously he's come from America where customer service and being polite and everything else is like that is it's almost a currency in itself like it's just it's it's really pushed it's a really pushed thing as we as we know in the UK as well was he, was he traveling or something from yeah, yeah he was traveling he was traveling, traveling. and it's, I think Russia was one of the last destinations that he went to yeah. but just to reiterate in this case, Russia had me re-examining the bullshitty, fake, nice communication that is so common in Anglo uh, Anglo culture, and that's on page one six eight. My question being is, do you think we are too polite and and not honest enough? Second question: Are we too sensitive to be blunt? 
hey, yeah, too polite and not on the stuff. Yeah, and it's, I think it, that can even link back to your first question. It's about fitting in, bro. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, man. Just like starting a new role as I did a few months ago, um, you kind of, you don't want to rock the boat too much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might, and even everyone has their, going back to mask and masculinity, yeah. you have your mask anyway. I was going to make that point. Yeah. I was going to make that point. But, Great yeah. minds. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, but going back to my, you have your mask anyway, but then it's also, you don't want to rock the boat. Mm. You won't, maybe in the first week or so, you won't show, and you might be agreeable. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, you kind of have to. You don't, you don't want to, as you said, don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. You want to make sure you're, you're aligned with the right people and make the the best impression you can with the, the right people and things like that. So you won't kind of say the extraordinary that would almost kind of be a very definitive, okay, well, I like you or I don't like you. You'd yeah, yeah, rather yeah, just yeah. kind of stay, as you said, stay yeah. in the middle, don't rock the Dead boat and, and, and say whether it is necessary to the general consensus, whether you agree with it or not. What was your second question? Um, are we too sensitive to be blunt? Like, as as a <coughs> culture, Western culture, are we too sensitive to be blunt? Or honest? Yeah, do you like, know what? Blunt being... Uh, I think being blunt is sometimes just, I just call it by be, being honest to be honest with you do you know what's crazy because sometimes I get misconstrued as rude and what mm. it is that's my point I get that yeah. all the time and what it is is I'm just actually sometimes what it is with me is if I if something's very urgent mm. or I'm trying to organise something I haven't I know it's horrible I haven't got to, I call them the niceties. I haven't got time for the niceties. Mm. You know, the please, the thank you, oh, you're a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Look, cut, it's cutting it, through it's, the fat and it's, it's getting straight it, to exactly. the... Exactly. You know what I mean? This needs to be done when we're done. That's that's it. It's mm. not rude. It's just straight to the point. But what it is, maybe because I've, you know, I've softened you up with the niceties before where it wasn't so urgent, something wasn't so urgent or I'd no need to, be, to, to, to kind of, to be so direct. Sometimes there's times, bam, I just need to say something now. Yeah. I gave an example earlier where I was out with... um went out for a friend's birthday and we got lost I was with someone and we got lost <laughs> and I was just very uh, slightly rude but yeah very d- d- I just realised now clipped very clipped into the it's point. just like bang we've got to get here so I haven't got time for the nice teas and have your apple speed up I'm going come that's mm. it brilliant I'll get it um, what, what about you? Pete? Yeah, no, it's funny because um, I know we, we spoke about backgrounds and stuff like that, and I know the background of the Russian woman. She they come from the Russian woman. Obviously, from Russia, and I think he goes on to say, Mark, that um, obviously, and then coming from then, I'm not going to say necessarily now because I'm none the wiser as as to a communist um, run government. I'm going to say is yeah. that so in coming from that, I think they learned or had to be very very clear with what they were saying. So that's the reason, obviously, why she was very honest and obviously very, very blunt. I mean, what I generally kind of like took from, dare I say, that small story was that you need to be very, very clear as to what you want um, with your boundaries, um, level of responsibility and stuff like that. And that obviously having them obviously blurred, then you then don't really take responsibility for anything. But to answer your question, um, (laughs) sorry, your questions were... Do you think we are too polite and honest and not honest enough? And secondly, are we too sensitive to be blunt? <clears throat> I've hundred percent believe we're too sensitive to be blunt, yeah. um, and I think we're definitely too polite as well. But I think that's because I think we're raised. Yeah, I think it's just, just the way we're raised, and obviously in a Western society. Do you know what's crazy? So I actually, I don't think it's a problem though. I actually work with someone who's Russian at one of my jobs, and she can come across when she's got. Do you know what it is? She's she's a nice enough girl, but 
she's very straight to the point. Mm. She's half Russian, mm-hmm. and she actually grew up in Russia until about like twelve or something like that. Yeah. But she's very, very straight to the point to the extent where, you, because of the society and culture we come from, mm. you can misinterpret for being rude. But she's just very, yeah. No smiles, no gimmicks, no. It's just bam. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? To yeah. me, it's like when and where, though, really, as to. Like well, there's nothing the wrong scenario. with being yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with being nice and all that type of stuff niceties as what Mason mentioned before but, but at the same time you don't want to be um no I think sometimes we're all gonna wake up in a mood you know what I mean but it doesn't mean that we should be rude to someone I know no, sometimes we can be rude but that's the thing and I don't mean to apologize. misunderstood uh, interrupt sorry yeah. but there's a difference between being rude and being honest or being straight to the point and I think a lot of people get this misconstrued you can yeah okay you're rude I get the amount of times I've been told you're so rude it's like I'm not actually like if I was actually to be rude to you and try to be nice. rude it's you would nice. know yeah, that I'm nice. being rude to you but mm. I'm just like I'll straight to the point well this is what it is and mm. this is how I feel or no, this happened and like let's be very factual about it and because if you if you're very if you're very A to B about something that can be seen as being rude and it's not it's not I'm not trying to be rude it's at all Trapo doesn't agree with that <laughs> straight A to B and B to A but go on to, ra- to round up on what we were just discussing I think uh, you mentioned it being that we're because we're so westernised in yeah. our culture and um, Mark Matt goes on to mention in the free west inverted commas my Russian teacher continued there existed an abundance of economic opportunity so much economic opportunity that it became far more valuable to present yourself in a certain way, even if it was false, than to be actually than to actually be that way. Trust lost its value. Appearances and salesmanship became more advent of advantageous forms of expression. There is so there is such pressure in the West to be likable that people often reconfigure their entire personality depending on the person they're dealing with, which is on page 170. And that's what made me think about referring back to the old season or the previous season we've done, the mask of masculinity. So because of the way our culture is, we will will adopt or adapt to the scenario that we're in. So, for example, us three can be here chilling right now, but if we all had to then go to work, all of a sudden we would have a different form a different posture and a different way of talking so we have to kind of adapt to those that we're we're, we're dealing with do you know what I mean uh, moving on slightly <laughs> rejection makes you like makes you like better the avoidance of rejection both giving and receiving it is often sold to us as a way to make ourselves feel better but avoiding rejection gives us short term pleasure by making us rudderless and directionless in the long term. That's on page 170. And when I read that, um, the quote from uh, Stars P came to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Rejection is acceptance when dealing with a changed mind. I think that's quite poignant with that. With that Rejection quote. is a... Rejection is acceptance when dealing with a changed mind. Yeah, I think you need to accept, yeah, before you can move on, yeah. Yeah. Stars P is a profit, by the way, boy. Yeah, so let's not play that down. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Um, the point is this. We all must give a fuck about something in order to value something. And to value something, you must reject what is not that something. To value X, we must reject non-X. 
People in a healthy relationship with strong boundaries will take responsibility for their own values and problems and not take responsibility for their partner's values and problems. And that's on page 175. Do you agree or dispute? Do they take responsibility? Yeah, let me, let me, um, let me check. Responsibility for their own values and problems yeah. and not... And not um, and not sorry, French. And not take respons- responsibility for their partner's values and problems. That sounds mad. I don't know. What's mad is, I think if you're in a in a kind of rela- in a relationship where you're proper into your partner, and that you automatically, I think, will feel obliged if so, if your partner's. Yeah, it, I don't know why this came to mind. But it's so wrong, but damsel in distress. But like, mm. if your partner's in need automatically you will put them first and you want to take on board their problems their problems it for me if you're everyone's relationship is different isn't it? but for me a rela- when you're a partnership with a relationship equals a partnership and with a partnership it's like you're both in it together does that make sense mm-hmm. i don't want to see my partner suffering and i'm not suffering like we suffer together in it two mm. is better than one or how mm. can we both sort this out because yeah. that's a bit mad in it it's a bit, I see what he's saying that it should be two individuals fully comprehensible fully if we go back to our first season where we read attached fully secure yeah. but it doesn't always work like that for me in, in practicality it doesn't it doesn't work like that man if, if you saw your your other half in distress straight away I don't want you to be feeling like that or acting like that or whatever or this to be stressing you out like that. I'm taking on some of that burden. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a tough one for me to agree with that statement. <coughs> what about you, P? Um, yeah, I think you've definitely got help him out, but I think there was a part in it where he was talking about... What's your thoughts? Don't say there's a part where he's talking about... Sorry, repeat the question because I was going to move on. Do you agree or dispute? Sorry, with people... You don't listen. <laughs> People in a healthy relationship with strong boundaries will take responsibility for their own values and problems and not take responsibility for their partner's values and problems. Nah, I agree I think you, or dispute? Nah, I dispute that. I think you've got to help your partner out. I think there's no way you can see your partner, as Mason said, um, with some problems mm. and then not want to help them out. I mean, I know you mentioned, obviously, voluntarily. Yeah. And... Um, he goes on to mention about assisting yes difference between a, like taking on fully on board the, yeah, yeah and voluntarily and then, but and, then, and then assisting with helping them but I'm looking at more from dare I say from a consistent standpoint where is if, where if your partner is consistently maybe neglecting I don't want to say his, I was going to say duties but neglecting her responsibilities dare I say yeah. then I think you might need to question one or two things. I think it speaks about obviously the boundaries obviously are the delineation between two people's responsibilities for their own problems. If you've got a partner who can't deal with her problems, mm. then, then you, my friend, have got more than one problem. You you have now have two. <laughs> oh. You now have two. What's the two problems? Yours and hers. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you wanted to, to, to mention on that part? Um, sorry, give me a second. To be honest, I'll be honest, there's a couple bits that's on 177 and 179 that I wanted to really get into, but as I said, I was not stopping for now. I was so invested in reading the actual chapters, I didn't actually write down notes, I just put down page numbers. So 177 and page 179. So, this is one some gems in there. Cool, no worries. Okay, so just touching on boundaries and people in a healthy relationship with strong boundaries will take responsibility for their own values and problems and not take responsibility and not take responsibility for their partner's values and problems. People in toxic 
relationships with poor back with with poor or no boundaries will regularly avoid responsibility for their own problems and or take responsibility for their partner's problems. That may have been one of the gems. Might have been. May well, but I don't think it was. <laughs>